Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai, which means if there is anything on the planet that you're trying to sort out, it could be your game console, it could be something to do with the flavor of food, it could be something to do with your Pajero, hey, it might even be something to do with your kitchen sink, because we talk about everything, including the kitchen sink here. Colin Thomas is your man. And this is the We Will Fix a Podcast. Boom. That is boom. <laughs> My goodness, James. There's me thinking you're not going to top last week's. I set you up, didn't and I? Then you go and pull it out the bag every time. It's absolutely ridiculous. You missed off a new one, though, that I'm, um, that I'm, I'm trying to work out at the moment which is for a little, a little pet project that we kind of came up with a couple of days ago where I need to make purple smoke that is not going to stain anything Ooh. Um, within a kind of an oil environment. I can't give too much away because it might be a new service, long kind of story. <laughs> but I kind of gave all the technical stuff to everybody else and I gave myself the task of working out how to make purple smoke. Okay. That doesn't stain. That's yes. safe. Well, anyway, so I've now got kind of organic dye as being my start point. Okay. Um, so I need a Dubai purple organic dye supplier. And then I'm literally just going to go, you know, the best thing for this really is to avoid liability is use your own kids, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yes. You lose the odd one. You know, it just happened. I'm joking before we get sued again. But um, no, I, I need to work out safe purple smoke. That is this week's challenge. Man, it sounds good. Sounds like you've uh, you've got yourself. And how far advanced are you on this project of the safe purple smoke? Quick Google search. So I'm almost <laughs> done. <it. laughs> and and what are you going to use as the delivery system for this? Kind of like a fog machine, that kind of thing. Well, there is there is something kind of from that perspective. It involves a bit of fire as well, which is always good. Nice. Um, but uh, yes, we will we will be using, and it's an oil based um, a material that it's going to work with. Yeah. So, if we pull it off, it will be absolutely genius. Um, but uh, I need to work it out. More work to do. We I, might even end up with a whole range of colours. I can I can almost imagine every in the morning as every vehicle sets off from the We Will Fix It towers and they just turn on the engines and it's just a big purple haze. And you know, you've got you've got Prince playing out in the background because he was Absolutely. Mr. Purple, right? <laughs> yeah, that could be the way. You know, we could uh, we could that would be great marketing, wouldn't it? Until you kind of think about the environmental side. <laughs> Add a bit to every fuel tank. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, but you know, there's something to be said. About, there's something to be said about vehicles leaving the premises with theme songs. And I remember years ago, there I was um, out on. Uh, we were camping in. No, upstate New York, which is a, which is a funny one because we're upstate New York. They call that the North country. Right. And Ooh, so yeah. there we are in upstate New York. And, and recently I was in upstate New York. Well, last summer and I'm with my boys and we're, we stopped at a service station. So maybe this was more than a year ago. We stop at a service station and the guy says, Oh, where are you from? And I say to him, the North. And he just looks at me and goes, fair because they're in the north country right and i'm from more north than the north country and my boys go dad why didn't you just say canada and i said hey he got it he got it you know but but there we we were in lake george rv park 
and I'm in the RV park and it's, you know, six in the morning and one, and we're parked, you know, we're, we're in the RV park, but we're in a Coleman pop-up camper, the smallest, lightest camper. It was a six man sleeper. No, it, it had a, an ice block fridge. We actually still own it. It's called the high and dry and it's sitting in a wow. barn and the, the, it, it, it was the lightest pop-up camper that a Volkswagen Golf could pull without on its little four-cylinder engine without damaging it but from the back you couldn't see the Volkswagen Golf all you saw was this camper that was being pulled and so there we are in the morning and you know the kids are young and we're sitting there and it's about six o'clock and this giant RV's leaving he's got Willie Nelson blaring over the outside speaker on the road again here we are we're on the road again <laughs> yes that's how you do it isn't it that's oh, how man. you do it so. There's something about that that whole experience that um, is just amazing, isn't it? You yeah. Know, we were talking about RVs, but and you were just you were just mentioning there about the size of this thing. When I was a kid, we used to go in um, our caravan, which was um, built in 1952. 1952. Now, we're now talking early 80s, and the reason was my dad got it free in the mid 70s without a roof. Uh-huh. It had literally just been abandoned for a long, long time. And what he worked out was that if he got the perspex from his work desk, and at the time he was working for a multinational company, so he basically borrowed the perspex from his own desk. He then put a gas torch vertically upwards in his um, in between two chairs um, in the uh, in the garage to bend it at the right level, so he could then turn it the other way up and put it into the roof to fix the roof of the. Uh, of the caravan, and um, it, it was incredible. He sold it. He sold it for like five hundred quid, if I remember right. Wow. About 10, 15 years later, but it was the heaviest caravan that you could ever imagine. We used to have conversations about avoiding hills just because we didn't think we were going to get up there. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite something. And again, we pulled that with a four cylinder, yeah. a um, an Austin Maxi seventeen fifty, believe it or not. Wow! I don't know how it survived, but it did. You know, yeah, but it was great. It's just that experience from a family perspective just can't be replicated. It's brilliant. And, it, and it, you know, it all comes down to what families will do to get away. You know, you've only got limited amount of cash. You've got kids who need yeah. to be entertained and stuff. And yeah. the caravan culture works. The camper culture, culture really does truly work. And we had we had some great fun in ours. Yeah, I mean, we're exactly the same. Unfortunately, at this generation, Natalie point blank refuses. She's not a camper. We all made it this year into a tent for one night. And then what happened? Oh, there was a storm. That was it. It was the storm night, which was um, just insane. So in the end, we, it, we legitimately had to cancel. And that was the last chance that we had. So I think we're going to try again in October-ish. Okay. Because uh, we've got all the gear now. There you go. Well, one of those, it, it completely destroys the ambience. But I saw it on Amazon. I've got to have one, which is those arching, you know, these arching lights that you get now that are like five meters high. Yes. Well, they're under a hundred dirhams. <laughs> I mean, you've got to have one, haven't you? I mean, it's going to totally destroy the whole ambience of the campfire, but you can light up for miles. You've got to have it. So, of course, um, of course. I'm, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to order like, I'm, you know, there's no point having one, is there? Because you're not going to get the full on effect. So I'm kind of thinking four or five would work four really, five, really well. Four or five? Yeah, yeah. Yes, because if you're going to light it, you might as well light the whole area. What, so that's that's really the plan. What, are you making a landing pad in case Sheikh Mohammed and, and uh, His Highness, the Crown Prince, decide they want to fly in at night? 
Well, I think there's a very good chance that we're going to have more than just them on the basis that the, the, the amount of light that we're going to create here is going to be quite something. But I think the way it's looking, I might well even have to take an AC with me for Her Majesty. So uh, on that basis, we might as well do the whole lot. Job done. Speaking speaking of ac what a perfect segue you are such a master which means we are heading into the part of the show that everyone sits on the edge of their seat for they're on pins and needles where is it going because it is time for none other than 10 minutes with colin (laughs) i normally actually can hear the audio on that james which means i can coordinate (laughs) The gun hands, you know? Why are you not hearing it? That's that's a really I odd thing. Know. I didn't hear it, but you did it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay, so then today's 10 minutes with me. Um, I, I wanted to do a relevant one today, James, which is what everybody's going through right now. So obviously people will be hearing this in the future and, um, and, and wonder kind of what this timing is. But right now in Dubai, um, we are... The number of COVID cases is tailing off, but unfortunately, the redundancies are going through the roof. Mm. Um, So many of my friends are Emirates employees. I can't believe how many of the people, you know, even that I know have been laid off from Emirates, um, which is awful, absolutely terrible. But it's bringing up a new theme, which is those people who no longer have um, gainful employment or... Uh, alternatively, just things are tight. And, you know, all those people that have um, have got these enormous salary reductions and they're trying to prioritise their money on what they really need to do in terms of maintenance. And, you know, we really hear that. So the brief to our boys is the same as it's always been, which is your job is to inform and give people the best possible advice that we can. Your job is not to sell and please don't let me catch you selling. But that's that, not what we do. That is such a different way of thinking about business because inevitably that's what, what most companies are doing. Hey, you're coming in for an AC service. You're coming in to look at the AC. We're going to try and upsell you. We're going to try and sell you some other products. And you're saying to your guys, don't do it. No, it's, it's, it's simple. And it's actually, it's really good business, which is what I want to be is good value to somebody for a very long time. Hmm. So one job, I'm actually not going to do particularly well off it, whether or not we've upsold them or not. But if you leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth, you can guarantee they're not coming back. What I want as a business is for people to stay with us from the moment they found out about us until the moment they leave Dubai. That is how retaining customers is the way forward. To do that, you have to be absolutely honest and work in their best interest rather than you over the short term. That's Hmm. how it works. So that's kind of, I've just reiterated that to all the guys um, in terms of understanding the environment that we're currently working in. So the question that we're getting asked the most right now is, what is the priority for me with my AC? What do I need to be looking at now? What can I leave at the moment? And this is kind of the key. Because in effect, we talk numerous times about AC and, and, and what the elements are. But basically, there there are three different elements to it. AC servicing, duct cleaning, and coil cleaning, okay? And the start point always is something that has gone wrong with an AC. That's always where people are right now. There's very little um, 
in terms of just pure, oh, I'll get my AC service because it's due. It's normally due to there being a problem because money is tight. The right route to go, actually, is the cheapest, which is start off with AC servicing. If your units have not been serviced in the last six months, get them done. Any provider that has any real knowledge whatsoever or is decent, often AC service, which is the cheapest of the services available, will also be able to look at your ducts, look at your coils, show you some pictures so that you can make a decision of how bad it is and use their experience to let you know whether or not that work actually needs to be done. Mm. So, for instance, for us, an AC service is uh, there's 14 14 points to it. I'm not going to go through them all in detail, but basically it is a mechanical service of the entire unit with the cleaning of the filters as well. So it is um, both the condenser filter, which is on the outside. When you see guys power washing the outdoor units, that's what they're actually doing, which is cleaning the sand out of the condenser to make sure that it can, it can work effectively up there. Um, and then they'll also be cleaning the indoor evaporator filter as well as the mechanical checks. And if you're, they're a decent company, they will probably also detol that indoor unit so at least it is disinfected rather than mechanically cleaned. So that is an AC service. Why would you start with that? Well, if the unit is not working mechanically correctly, it is not going to provide any cooling. doesn't matter whether or not you've got clean ducts or clean coils. If the unit is not mechanically right, you've just got no hope whatsoever. Mm. The other thing is, for somebody doing an AC service correctly, they're looking at every element of your AC. So at the same time, you might as well get a free diagnosis on anything else that's there. And if they are any good, we talk about this a lot as well, James, but if they are any good, they'll be able to give you advice on things that may well fail within the next six months so you can actually plan when you're going to have the money to be able to do that job before it actually fails. So that's really what we're kind of looking for with um, with servicing. Mm. I, I've an interesting one then. You know what? Why don't we... Oh. <laughs> I, I dropped the ball here. Hold on. Ten minutes with Colin. I was going to do books and coils. <laughs> oh, that's part two. <laughs> we'll keep going. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, that was like four minutes. I did four minutes there. Leave a little segue for you because I'm trying to be all professional, James. You lost me. I thought you were done. <laughs> What a rank amateur you are, Professor. All right. Well, here we go. We're doing it again. Well, let's, let's do part two of... Ten Minutes with Colin. I heard that one. I heard that one as well. See, you're back on the track now, James. Oh, difficult working with people like you. Unbelievable. So we got, right. the, we got the condenser sorted, and now we got to move so, on. Yeah. So we were talking there about servicing. So start point. I want to save my money. What do I do? You get a unit serviced. Mm. Don't worry about the other stuff. Get a unit serviced. Okay. And everyone should get that done. Like the point final, everyone should get their unit at least serviced because that's you're, you're heading for doom if you don't. Yeah. And every six months, you know, lots of companies will tell you, you need to get it done quarterly. You know what? In an ideal world, you would. You get them done four times a year. But we're not working in an ideal world, far from it right now. And you need to be aware of the environment. So every six months on a split unit, if you have a chilled water AC unit, they can stretch a little bit longer quite often. Mm. It won't mean, I'm not saying that they will stay reliable, but you have an opportunity there potentially to go a little bit longer than the six months. 
but with um, a, a, a chilled, uh, sorry, with a split unit, there's no way. You need it to service an absolute minimum of once every six months. Mm. Now, so that's the servicing. So let's assume that people have got that done. You should then have a recommendation. And the recommendation may well be, don't worry, the units are absolutely fine. Or it may well be, your ducts are dirty. Or it may well be, your coils are dirty. So what are the priorities there? Let's imagine you have that the nightmare. Your ACs haven't been looked after. And as a result, both your coils and your ducts are dirty. Mm. Okay? Now, the reality is everybody understands duct cleaning. It's dead easy. It's just like Oliver Twist when the days when they were cleaning out the, uh, the fireplace. Somebody goes up there with a very much more advanced brush to make sure that it is cleaned out properly. It's sucked into HEPA filters, and then you spray it. It's all done. Everybody understands that. But the reality is that's not the essential service. The really essential service is the coils because the coils are the radiator that actually provides the cooling. Mm. If that's blocked, the air can't get through it, and therefore, A, it's not going to cool effectively, and secondly, you're going to work that AC so hard trying to cool that you're going to have other failures as well. So in terms of priorities, always number one servicing, number two coils, number three ducts. The only curveball comes in if somebody in your family, like in our family, for instance, um, has uh, any kind of respiratory issues, at which time those um, ducts are much more important than they would be otherwise. And that, James, is... 10 Minutes with Colin! (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Now, that was my lack of professionalism, wasn't it? I didn't give you much warning there. We need to have something worked out. Exactly. Exactly. And it's exactly, we need to have the hands. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like this one. (laughs) See, my wife does that to me daily. (laughs) Daily. As long as you don't get, you don't want to get that one there. Uh, It's funny. It's It's (laughs) It's funny though, talking about AC yesterday, there we were. So one of the, one of the great things that's happened with COVID and, and I know that's a, a very strange thing to say, great thing and COVID in the same sentence, but my wife and I uh, have, have really picked up on doing these a lot of stretching classes and a, some very nice yin yoga. And yes. we do we do this class now online because COVID had closed down many of the the studios, and now many of the studios is open have opened up. But the studio that we're we're doing this with continues to do the class online. And that's awesome. Which for me, it's great because that means I don't have to drive all the way down to JLT or in this case, I actually think the studio's in Abu Dhabi, so I don't have to go there. We can do it online. But what was interesting and how this segues and connects with AC is one of the people doing it yesterday was talking about the fact that the AC was out where she lives. And where did she say she lived? Motor City. And she said, ah. they, they said, three to four days before they're going to be able to sort out the AC. And I just went, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting that because um, that uh, Motor City is a chilled water development. Almost all of it is chilled water. So it sounds, if it was three to four days, two possibilities, either um, the, the main supplier there, I'll be careful I don't name them, but main supplier there 
has got some issues in terms of manpower, or secondly, that actually the supply has an issue, which can mm. happen this time of year, um, especially if they're still operating at some kind of lower starting level. So a yeah. couple of possibilities there. Actually, interestingly enough, we haven't heard anything about um, Motor City issues so or supply mutual water supply issues so maybe it's so, just uh, maybe it's just their place maybe there's a black maybe there's a backup or a, a plaw a, you know a clog or something yeah, just just in be. so uh, interesting very interesting yeah. but uh, yeah. i i listened to that whole thing yesterday and just went whoa this is the wrong time of year to have ac issues yeah absolutely yeah yeah mind you james i've been um as you well know, the nightmares of trying to get a new um, a new property for the family are coming to a head. We are at T minus what six weeks now, I think. I'm out on the first of August, uh-huh. so I am doing a lot of viewings at the moment in properties without AC, which is um, gives you a little bit of um, additional perspective on. Um, on people that go through this on a regular basis with them, you know, whether it's a dodgy landlord or dodgy systems for that matter. Mm. But um, yeah, horrible, horrible at the moment. Well, this, and this is something, Colin, that I, I thought would be really interesting to talk about because you're doing these viewings and because you obviously run a, a maintenance company, when you're walking, you know, you drive up to a villa, you drive up to, to a property and you start looking around and you're, you, you must be looking at it from your maintenance hat saying, okay, yes. well, what's, you know, what's the door mechanism like? What's the door like? What's the paint job like? What are the windows like? What's this like? What are the sockets like? What is it? You must be, you must have a nice checklist that you're, you're, you know, forget about the fact that, okay, it's, it's a five bedroom and it's got a pool and it's got a living room and it's got a dining room. But the, all of these other things must be going through your brain. And I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on what is that list and what is it that you're looking at and why are you looking at those things? So I am a real estate agent's worst nightmare <laughs> uh, to say the least. Actually, it's, it's quite funny because um, when you're kind of trading, they know of you at least beforehand. Um, they treat you in a very different way. So whereas most people might get the sales patter, they just don't even bother, you know, which is great. Um, and, and, you know, I, I cultivate that quite, quite some margin because the last thing I need is fluff. So I went to a property yesterday, which, again, was, was looked as though it was on brief. And I hadn't got to the front door before I'd spotted, first of all, um, that they had a, an exterior rising damp issue, um, that the irrigation around the front was already damaged. The front door was a mess, which then tells you that this is not owned by people who care about maintenance as a start point. Uh, we got through the front door, and at that point, the lights were on, but then two of the four bulbs weren't on already. I looked up, and there above the, um, uh, above the door was a big, long um, window, and uh, I could see the telltale brown drip down one side that tells me that that isn't sealed properly. And also it had bubbled just at the corner of the bottom of that window, which told me this wasn't from this year's rains, just this has been an ongoing problem. Uh, it then walked into the, uh, the living room. And then at that point, I can see there are cracked tiles that, there are, that haven't been repaired in any way. And also, the ranches is notorious for having the exploding tile issue that you yourself actually had in Murdoch, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's legendary. And um, so, hence, actually, there were some old replacements that were already there. 
but with the cracked tiles as well. I therefore knew that they hadn't done the job properly, which was to rip up the lot, redo it, and, and away they go. We went out into the garden where they put a, this. It's a weird design because they kind of had um, like two wings of this place, one which was kind of a living room and the other one which was the lounge. In the middle area, they basically, which was originally designed as um, just a patio. So they'd roofed it and uh, AC'd it, put put some windows in. Okay. And I then looked up at the ceiling and saw that every single joint on the plasterboard had blown. Uh, so I knew the roof was dead before I even walked outside. And then walk outside and the roof is delaminated. Literally all it was was interior grade um, plywood that they'd used and with a um, <laughs> with a, uh, just a bitumen over the top of it. it and, and literally the conversation with the real estate agent was, um, is the owner okay with this being pulled down? It was at that level because there's no way that somebody yeah. could continue to live in that. Um, it was just a total liability. You know, all the posts were physical wood. I mean, it's wooden posted I can't call it a room because it wasn't. So we then started off with that. Upstairs, they decided it would be a great idea to, um, uh, to for some extra space. There was a big, long balcony that went all the way around three bedrooms that they had, um, well, they claimed that it was now a room. What they'd actually done was use a single, uh, a single glass, um, tempered glass setup, which uh, the joins were done with silicon in between, that obviously with expansion and contraction over time, all of that had blown. So they had the AC, AC that obviously for my benefit coming to see the property was going at its absolute at a maximum to make it bearable. However, the wastage level that was going to be involved with that was just horrific. So then, oh, actually, I missed out. I went, uh, another thing I, I will always look at, here's a great one for anybody who's viewing a property, always look at the pump room. And again, this one had a, had a pool. So look at the pool equipment. So I went there and literally there was a 12-foot green area because the leak from the house pump had never been rectified. Oh. And it had also been, the tank itself had been overflowing to such a level that it had kind of a crust floating down it as well. And you don't believe the kind of money that they were after for this place. And I just... I, you know, I was with the real estate agent just, just going, did, did you see this? He's like, no, I haven't come around this far before. <laughs> so hold on. I, I'm trying to figure out just from the front door and you get in the front door, why would you keep walking through the place? I mean, you, you made it to the living room, but the lights, <laughs> the window, then the living room with the broken tiles and that. At that point, Colin, why didn't you just say this is going to be a crap show? I'm not even going to continue to torture myself. Okay, this is this is really a domestic situation, <laughs> which was Natalie didn't come along to this one because she said, I can see from the pictures that this place is an absolute shed. And I said, you know what? We should just check because it isn't that obvious from the pictures, okay? So at that point, whilst I knew it was already a shed by the time that I got through the front door, I was darn well going to look at that entire property to try and find some semblance of reason for me to be there. So that when I reported back, she goes, I told you so. I can try and make out that it was a close call, which it definitely wasn't. And that was the reason why I went round for 25 minutes looking at every single element of this dilapidated property. So, yeah, it's quite a classic. 
Mind you, hey, here's an interesting one. Here's the exact opposite, which was my brother-in-law and sister-in-law three years ago now uh, were looking at buying a place in the villa. Uh-huh. And they asked me to go and look at two different properties, who, which were the same design but polar opposites. We had the first villa that I looked at that was, um, to the untrained eye, was a beautiful renovation and in immaculate condition. And there I walked in and, again, immediately spotted real issues that were just not – it's something that you just almost trained into um, that, that I could spot straight off. It was the way that ceiling repairs had been done initially uh, that then okay. spot me up and say, okay, well, that's not how you would normally do it, and that's not what you would do if you, were, if you knew that that problem could well reoccur, so there's no access hatch there. But they have repainted that recently, only done the physical area where the repair was done. Most people wouldn't notice that, but that tells me that they didn't spend the money just to, to paint the panel of the ceiling. And then it, it kind of became a catalogue of a whole bunch of errors that they had tried to bodge so that the place presented really well, but were going to be immediately back for when they bought it. Mm. So I literally just sent them, you know, just I photographed it kind of quickly and we went on to property two because on that one I, there was no reason for me to stay um and then we went on to property two property two had been empty for seven years that's a long time we walked, yeah we walked into their living room and there was um sand that was piled a third of the way up the window they they literally had their own um kind of desert it was just quite something i mean it's hilarious and Everything that I looked at ticked every box because nothing had been messed with. I could see that property for exactly what it was and the honesty level. And then all I did was I wrote what would be the quote for an entire failure of everything that I couldn't see, which they use as a negotiating tool um, for the final price when they purchased it. And the house has been brilliant ever since. We've obviously had to do you know a decent amount of work there, but not not the amount that we would have expected for the simple reason that it was still an original fix. It had never actually been lived in. Wow. So decent quality stuff on the original build. And the only stuff we really have needed to do have been standard service items that you would expect anyway. So it just hadn't been bodged, which was the great thing. Do do you get a sense as you're looking at properties now that are up for sale that, that people really haven't, invested in maintaining their property at, at, a, a, a you know, a, a self-respect standard. I'm going to call it the self-respect standard because any self-respecting landlord would, would want to have it maintained to a level that they would want to move into. Do you find that? Yeah, hugely. There's a massive difference between owner occupied and rented properties. You know, I'm looking in the ranches one, the original ranches, which is now 16 years, I think since wow. the original Start of handover. So, in fact, the main areas that I'm looking at are probably more 13, 14 years, which in you know Western Europe or uh, I'm sure in Canada would be considered new. Yeah, those are new homes. Um, here they're not, and they've aged extremely badly. But it's just a total lack of investment in them is is awful. You know, I'm I'm looking at places where genuinely it could well be that I would expect to put in forty to fifty thousand to make it right. 
Wow. As a rental. So to do that as a rental, you then need to be looking at, okay, well, I need a three-year or a four-year deal just to cover the cost I'm going to have to do because there's no point getting a landlord who bodges everything yeah. to then come and do that work because they're not going to do it right. It's going to be worse than it was before. Yeah. So I'm going to do it myself because I know I'm going to get it right um, and get that reliability into the property. But it's been the same with, I mean, we've not done, we don't move that often every four or five years, I guess. But each property has normally taken me eight months-ish to get reliable and to my level of reliability and systems operating correctly, where at that point, very rarely do I get a failure that I'm not, I don't have some knowledge about. With six weeks to go, and Natalie obviously is getting the aura sense of these places. And she's, she could have, she said she was offering you 25 minutes of your life where you didn't have to go to that other place. Cause she sensed it right from the picture. Where, where's Natalie thinking you're going to end up? Natalie thinks we're ending up in a teepee. She thinks I've made entirely the wrong decision and is utterly furious with me at the moment, to be brutally honest. The logic was, I mean, we were in a stunning place. It was lovely, uh, but it didn't have a swimming pool. And we've spent so much time with um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in in the house at the sand dune in the living room where they fitted a lovely pool. And the kids have loved every minute of it. So I wanted to basically deliver that experience within our home for our kids. And the logic was all brilliant, which was um, due to the COVID environment, this year, the normal move out is going to be bigger than normal. So we should have a better chance than ever before of being able to find something that will work for us. And to date, we just haven't. You know, we were really close, as you know, on the one property. We thought that was all done, over the moon about it. You know, to have like eight or whatever versions of the, con- uh, of the design and four versions of contract and then still not get it over the line is, is gutting. But yeah, Nat- Natalie's not happy. Let's put it that way. I am definitely getting the cold shoulder right now. So I've got to pull it out the back. That's how it is. Are you starting to look now outside the ranches? Is, has the ranches become just not a possibility? I was looking outside the ranches from about 18 months ago. However, um, a certain other member of our family has decided that the ranches is where she wants to be. So interestingly enough, though, Five minutes before we started this, she just sent me a couple of um, Moodon properties, which was interesting because the build quality of Moodon is not something I'm a big fan of, let's put it that way. But it's a shift. But the problem that we have is I have my wonderful mother-in-law, who really is wonderful. It's not just the usual. She's absolutely awesome. But she's also the fifth Beatle for our family. Um, And she lives in Mira. So, uh, however, she makes uh, driving Miss Daisy look like um, Michael Schumacher. She is not <laughs> confident behind the wheel. So the issue that we have, and the logical route in our situation would have been Jamera Golf Estates. Yeah. However, we tried to do that route, avoiding main roads because she can't do main roads, and it's an absolute nightmare. So you then offer logic to the situation, which is, if Nana needs to come over, Nana can get a taxi. And if needs be, I will happily cover that, even though she would have no problem with that whatsoever. But apparently that is not a solution. Okay. Well, <laughs> yikes. The wonders of domestic logic. Yeah. So I, I, I genuinely don't know where we are right now, but I've got the most brilliant group of real estate agents, all of the main players um, I speak to daily. 
and every one of them is briefer than an inch of their life. But if they even get a sniff, I reckon it'll take me 15 minutes at any point, 24-7, for me to be at the property. And that's the level that I'm working to now. Also, in the background, I've got various community groups, including the ones that I run, that are all, all primed. So I'm desperately trying to get myself out of jail. I just don't know whether or not this is actually going to work, James. And, you know, most people don't even start looking by now. We've got six weeks for this sake. This is the state that I'm in six weeks off. Well, you know what? I, I almost think given, you know, we, we, we started off this, this episode talking about the number of people who've lost their jobs. And this is a global phenomenon with jobs being people yeah. being made redundant. And I think in a lot of cases, it's, it's really starting to sink in with people. They're made redundant. They're given a three month, in, in some cases, two or three month window to make those changes. Yeah. And you know, the first month is the shock month and trying to, to reposition. Then the, there's a, a, you know, a week or two of, okay, well now we got to think about going back to our home country. There's still issues with getting onto those planes and getting out of the, getting out of the UAE. If, if you're in the UAE or if you're in any country to make that. So, so the six week window might actually be be just about right because in the next week or two you should get especially as kids are finishing with school and parents are now reassessing you could you could find a lot of properties one would think coming online you know that's what all the agents are saying and i think what we need to do is to get things a little bit more in perspective you know we've got it 20 times better than the majority of people here who are in devastating situations you know just this morning Excuse me. I've, been, I've talked to three um, three Emirates employees, all of whom have been made redundant. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a um, such a difficult topic. And and the lovely thing is, they're all being so positive in this yeah. awful situation. And if you imagine, it's not as though they can um, they can go back home and get get a job doing what they do, because the aviation industry as a whole is utterly shot worldwide. Yeah. So they're actually having to think totally differently about where their career is going whereas six months ago they were in wonderland you know yeah and it's awful but so yes i need to get it all back in perspective again yeah i think we'll be all right but it is it is our own little first world problem right now you know and it's it's kind of that issue for for a lot of folks and yours is just another another sort of version of it it's that unknown not knowing where things are not having that stability and I, I got to say the same thing, though. My observation with folks in, in a variety of careers who are, have now been made redundant, who six months ago were living in the Wonderland world, you know, everything's good. My career is solid. You know, hey, I, you know, I've got a 10-year plan to now being, hey, I don't have any plan. I was, I was totally shocked at a group of people that I interacted with the other day who they were really upbeat about everything. And it was sort of like, well, you know what? This is a pivot and we will pivot and we've got a window and we're going to make it work. And I was just like like wow it's like wow <laughs> i know but then i think well if this is what moving house has done to us can you imagine if we we as a family had to go through that God, it's, just, it's amazing how people cope with things isn't it but it's yeah. also amazing how wound up people get about their own little issues yes which is something i keep having to remind myself about um, but, you know, I also, oh, the nail in the coffin yesterday really was the phone call from the new tenant from the current place. <laughs> Luckily, Natalie didn't hear it. She sounds like a lovely lady, without a doubt. And um, and bless her, she, she, 
she asked if by any chance we'd be interested in selling the container pergola, which is... <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Her husband loves it, by the way. Desperate to make it into a bar. I was like, oh, I just can't sell you at the moment. I don't know what's going on. So, you know, it's literally... It's, Hey, if there is one shot that can epitomise this week, this is it, Joan. And actually, I like the fact that I'm still blurring in and out as well because that's pretty much where my head's at, yeah? This shot, blurring in and out, that is me right now. Oh, man. you you got to get your tech-savvy guy in after because I think you're using a Microsoft webcam, right, or something? In, yeah, on... it is. It's a high-def webcam as well, but it is, it's a mess, isn't it? it I, think, I, think, I think you got to go into the settings and, and set the autofocus thing. You, there's probably a setting that gives you a three or four different focusing options and probably just need yeah. to... And you, you, something in that's really weird because I don't know what it's trying to set on every now and then, <laughs> but it's Actually, cool. We have an IT lady, no less. Oh, she's much more effective. She'll sort it out. She, yeah, she will. I, it's just I keep getting to kind of ask for help. You know, <laughs> it's it's one of those, isn't it? But, and then I forget until like two minutes before we actually start, and then it goes and does that auto focus thing until you talk about it. Have you noticed it hasn't yeah. auto focused? It's last, like. <laughs> Why is that? Why are you not auto focusing? Come I don't. On. I, I wonder if Learn it's. Me. I, I think that it's means. as soon as you move in a certain direction, it, it does something. You know, it gets lost. I don't know. It's very weird. It. You know what? It's. It's almost like. It's almost like it's concentrating on your microphone because it, it seems to be looking at the microphone and then it's not sure. Is it trying to concentrate on the microphone or trying to concentrate on you? Maybe that's it. Maybe I need to angle it up a bit. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. We can possibly try that another day. Yeah. So thank you for today's therapy session. Do let me know if you accept PayPal, and um, I will make sure the payment is forthcoming. Next week, James, if you don't mind providing me with a pillow and a slightly more comfortable chair, that would be wonderful. Hey, you I, know what? I might need a little teddy to hug by then if I haven't found the house. I'm going to be rocking. Oh, that's going to mess up the settings, isn't it? Oh, there we go. My stuff rocking, James. Hey, I, before we part ways, I've got one more question for you. Small appliance oh. repair. Who do, who does great small appliance repair, like dishwashers, in Dubai? Where do you where do you? Ah, okay, yes, for that best in town, um, which is just the most ridiculous name, isn't it? Best in town are great for that kind of stuff. They're not cheap, James. Just to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. Um, but the difference we talk about this frequently, which is. Um, the cheap guys might be good on one job and then they get all these recommendations and then next time around they're terrible because they've yeah. got totally different people because they haven't been paying them and, and it all goes badly wrong. Best in town have been solid now for probably two years um, and their guys are excellent. I would recommend that. All right. You know, and, and that's sort of the, the sort of the world we're, we're living in is, you know, the appliances have, have really been working hard. But I had one yesterday. You would have loved this one right in the middle of teaching my classes, which are Zoom enabled. Put on the dishwasher. The dishwasher shorts out the main circuit panel in the house and the main circuit panel turns off the router. <laughs> so that was so, so, you know, you kind of like, Hey, no internet. So reset everything realize, huh? That's weird. The dishwasher, turn the dishwasher on again. Dishwasher goes for about five minutes, takes out the panel again. So then start, cause, cause at that point you're thinking something's overloaded here. It's obviously they're on the same circuit and I'm thinking, no. 
I think I might have this one. Have you checked whether or not, have you taken out the uh, the filter to see whether or not you've got a physical blockage uh, on the main pump? No. Because there's a rotor normally yeah, yeah. That, that sits there. If that's not rotating because you've got something solid that's, that's done it, especially on a slightly older style um, dishwasher, yeah. then uh, that would be the standard. That one you can do yourself. Ooh. As long as it, it's the fact that it restarted again, the first cycle that it does is the drain right. function. So it's normally only that pump that really goes on a dishwasher unless you've got panel control board issues. Yeah. So I would start by literally lifting all of the um, the trays out, clean yeah. all of that, and then you, it's one of those where you need to put your finger in, but be careful because sometimes it's glass that has lodged itself in there. Ah. Um, but I would go through that process first before you call somebody out. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give that a good look because I, I know exactly what you're talking about and I haven't taken a look at my filters in quite a while. Uh, so yeah. it could be just something is logged in there. Yeah, well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. If only, you can guarantee now you've got no chance. I've jinxed it for you, James. <laughs> That's it. What can Jinx? you do? So what- 10 minutes of jinxing. We could do that one as well. <laughs> what do you have? I can stop it working forever. <laughs> On that note, I think, Colin, we have to wrap up another another We Will Fix It podcast. It has been absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I'm not sure we did much maintenance, did we? Hey, we did, we did the complete walkthrough of what to look for in a villa and what to think about. We talked about AC. The We Will Fix It show, extraordinary as always, with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai and Essential Maintenance Dubai. Get in touch with us, potaholics with a K at gmail.com, www.potaholics with a K dot com, and potaholics with a K at, across the socials. Lots of potaholics with a K there. <laughs> this has been the We Will Fix It show. We'll be back with you really soon. This is Potaholics. Potaholics.